Hello, and welcome to another episode of Punk Ass Niche. Join with me, as always, Nick Hill. Hey, Nick, man. Uh, hell of an intro you got there. How's it going, man? I'm doing great. How about you? Uh, I'm doing pretty darn well. I've I finally come out of the closet. I'm in a in a much larger facility to record our podcast now. You know, I, I speak for all of our fan base uh, when I say that that must have been a difficult transition coming out of the closet. But we're all proud of you. It was it was tough, uh, but I I I had a strong core base to support me at home, my family, my friends. Uh, you ridiculed me, so no thanks to you, but <laughs> I, I got through it, and we're on the second day here, so let's just see how the rest of the year goes. Well, sunny days wouldn't be special if it wasn't for rain, so just enjoy my ridicule and take it for what it is. That was beautiful, unlike you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's, uh, let's just hop right into it. Nick, what do you got for us for our ever-so-popular segment, Days of the Day? All right, so days of the day for today. Uh, first one, Matt, this is a, a beautiful day. This is the day that I've been looking forward to all year long. It is International Beer Day. So uh, let's oh. just go ahead. Uh, I'm going to take a sip of my beer here. I hopefully, uh, hopefully you have one too. I'm toasting you through the microphone right now. I'm doing the same and hopefully not spilling mm. anything on my computer. Oh, man, that was delicious. Yeah, so uh, International Beer Day. Um do you go out you celebrate it by having whatever type of beer you enjoy most i mean i've not, i don't really think that you've been around in charlotte to explore the craft brewery scene since it's exploded is that correct yeah no not as much um yeah for those of you who are kind of listening and wondering uh we're originally from you know charlotte north carolina uh recently i mean it's there's kind of been a as as with most states there's kind of been a big uh boom in like the craft beer industry and a lot of local micro pubs micro breweries popping up but uh no honestly i ha i mean i've been to a few when we whenever we go back whenever i go home on vacation but uh that's probably the extent of it okay Wait, what's your favorite type of beer oh man uh i mean i kind of like the lighter one i mean i like wheats and like hefeweizen um like the pilsners a little bit yeah uh so that's hard. I don't know like what the best kind of beer I've ever had is, to be honest with you. I had you know, some great Hefeweizen in Germany. but Oh, nice. My, I'm going to have to say my favorite is the stout. And the best best right. stout I've ever had, of course, is Guinness at the, the Guinness storehouse in Ireland when we went. That was probably the best pour of Guinness I've ever had in my life. Yeah, and, you know, they say, like, for in Ireland, uh, like, the best Guinness you can get is kind of the local Guinness. I mean, not... Not even necessarily at the brew house itself, but like at the lo the pubs in that nearby area. That's true. I did hear that while I was over there. And just a, a quick question for you, Matt. Are you familiar with why you should always buy light beer before there's like a storm, like a hurricane or a big snowstorm? No, but I'd love for you to inform me why. Uh, it's just in case the power goes out. Light light beer, power. Oh, oh okay. You, you know, I, was, I knew that. that... <laughs> this... Man, the studio audience is bigger and better than ever in my new my new home here. Thank you, everyone, for coming back for it, our it second took, episode. <laughs> it took them a second, but I mean they they were there, you know, maybe well, a little they, bit quicker than I was. So. They're a delayed reaction. I'm I'm behind some soundproof glass, and then I say it, and then it has to process through the speakers. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. you Absolutely. wouldn't you wouldn't understand, but it's fine. <laughs> I wouldn't. You're a little bit more advanced than me, but this all right. What bit. what else we got for our? Uh, other days of the day here. Um, second day of the day, it's uh, National Coast Guard Day. So shout out to Cullen Owens, right? I mean, 
Yeah, Cullen, shout out if you're uh, if you're listening to this. Uh, Which he better be. I mean, yeah, it's. Uh, ah, I, didn't, I didn't even know it was that. Is yeah. it like an appreciation day, or is it like the the founding of the Coast Guard? Or is it just National Coast Guard Day? It just says National Coast Guard Day, so <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's. I yeah, guess I it's more so like just an appreciation day. Yeah. So for any of you who have ever jumped off a boat and forgot how to swim in the somewhere in the gulf coast or somewhere else you know thank your local coast guard for <laughs> probably saving you so that? that was beautiful man that was a beautiful sentiment there so uh, i'm just gonna go ahead and yeah, move yeah. on to the third day here <laughs> <laughs> yeah by all means <laughs> um this is single working women's day uh oh, okay so, yeah so i i'm gonna look at this i one feel like more, we because i don't really <laughs> I feel like we have to tread lightly on this subject because we're white males. So, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So does I mean? Let's just ask the next logical question: Are strippers included in this? If they're single. Oh, it's single. Yeah, single. So it's is not the... like. Is this implying that you have kids too? Because that's a very that's really specific, you know. It says single working women's day was created by Barbara Payne with the intent of recognizing the importance of these women and raising awareness of this fact in the public eye. The role has grown ever more important as being a single woman is no longer a stigma in many countries and instead is often encouraged or respected as these individuals work their way through life on their own. In spite of this, there's not a life free of the challenges brought on by generations of stigma. So I think it's just, it's single women. I've not single mothers, just single women. Okay. Yeah. So, Shout right. out! Shout out to all the single women out there, all the single ladies, all the single ladies. All the, that was that was a quote from Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's just there's one more day here, uh, actually two. There, the first one's Assistance Dog Day. Uh, so if you're out okay. there, you know, like a service dog, you remember, you know, it's like not kosher to go up to a service dog and touch them. It'd be like going into a restaurant exactly. and like petting your waiter. <laughs> uh, you don't do that okay no <laughs> you know it's a, it's actually funny that you say that because i was uh, literally just at the gym and there's always a a guy and i guess uh his mother or someone who's related to him and uh i think he's he's disabled to a certain degree and they always bring their their uh their dog in and literally today this kid comes up and just pets it and i was like don't do it don't oh do man it. but so hey Relevant topic, I guess. That's cringeworthy. Respect those service dogs. Yeah. Hey, do you know what um, what service dogs get when they they graduate from like a service dog training academy? No, I don't. They're masters. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the studio audience didn't laugh. The studio audience didn't laugh at that one. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to guess that one, but I I, yeah, I couldn't. You I was tried. close though. You tried, and then. Uh, last I day would have here. said, or oh, oh, sorry. Maybe Go like, ahead. maybe like pedigree, pet, <gasps> pet degree. Oh, pet degree. Oh, wait a second. Okay. Get, uh, studio audience, did you hear that? Uh, <laughs> they they enjoyed it. They enjoyed thank, it. Thank you for the uh, patronizing <laughs> studio audience. I, I love you guys. <laughs> um, last day here. National food holiday for today. It's uh, National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. So Man, back. To- you know, a lot of chocolate themed. It seems to be a reoccurring thing, but chocolate yeah. chip cookies are the best. They are. are. Any any argument? Okay. 
no, there's yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, chocolate chip cookies are the 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 king of cookies. Absolutely, and nobody wants those crappy like oatmeal raisin like the pseudo chocolate chip cookies. Have you ever yeah, been into a, an oatmeal raisin cookie thinking it was a chocolate chip cookie and then being just completely let down? I don't even call it that. I call it biting into regret. There's, it's not even like a real cookie. <laughs> <laughs> like if there's any health factor involved in a, in the making of a cookie, like raisins, which I, I mean they're not the most healthy thing. I, I'm not. I'm, I'm totally against it. Yeah, shouldn't it's, happen. No cookie she. Absolutely. Well, Nick, uh, thank you for the days of the day. Now, I guess we got another game coming up. Uh, I do. I'm always left in the dark about this. So what, what kind of game we got? All right. So game of today for you, Matt, is going to be based off of National Beer Day. So before the show, I asked okay. you to pick either one through five or six through ten. Uh, I had ten questions, so you chose the the half part or the later half of those questions. So I have five questions here for you. Uh, some are multiple choice, some are true false. Uh, so I'll read them off. You get three out of five. You're going to be a winner. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, the first one here is the beer stein lids were originally created to, and the first answer is keep out dust. Second answer is pro- uh, protect against the plague. And the last answer was to identify personal mugs. Uh, I'm going to go protect against the plague. That would be correct. Ooh. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, you got that one. Um, <laughs> I have no background information on that one, so listeners, just take that as fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just believe it. Don't question it. <laughs> um, next question. True or false? The pilgrims landed at Plymouth Rock because their ship ran out of beer. Uh, I would say false, but I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with true because it sounds like one of those misleading questions. Also correct. So yeah, uh, that congratulations, Matt. You've gotten two correct so far. Uh, Starting solid. Yeah, you're doing a really good job, actually. Um, next question here. Oh, you you should know this one from Ireland. It's uh, Arthur Guinness signed a lease on his famous brewery for how many years? Fifty years. One hundred and fifty years. 500 years, 1,000 years, or 9,000 years? Oh, I think I'm going to get this one wrong. I'm going to go with 1,000 years. Incorrect. Ah. It's actually 9,000 years. And I've I've known about this one, and he signed it for 9,000 years so that nobody could ever take over Guinness and change the recipe and change how they did things. So that's that's a fun fact of the day there. Uh, so okay. currently you are one wrong, two correct. Moving on to the next question here. After repealing prohibition, which U.S. president said, I believe this would be a good time for a beer? I'm not giving you any options. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, because now I'm going to like completely butcher like the presidents of one I should know this. Oh, gosh. Do you, do you want a hint? <sighs> Roosevelt? <laughs> I... Which one? Uh, FDR. Correct. Wow. All right. Wow. <laughs> oh, Franklin wow. D. Roosevelt. Good job. All right. Um, so right now you're a winner uh, because you, you've gotten three correct. Do you want me to go ahead and toss the last question at you? Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, which famous historical personage allegedly and likely acrophily stated, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy? 
Oh, I've heard this quote. Uh, can I get a hint on this one? He's on a piece of currency for the United States. Ben Franklin. Correct. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's go. All right. So you got four out of five. That's awesome. That What is that? Like, I'm not good at math. 90% or something. We'll <laughs> it's call. a percentage. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know your, you know your beer trivia, Matt. So congratulations. And that, that was uh, uh, the, the game of today, uh, Beer Facts with Nick Hill. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm glad I could do that. I, I, I surprised myself, honestly. Yeah. You know, but I guess that happens on a weekly basis. Uh, (laughs) Always surprise yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Nick, thanks for this uh, games of the day. Let's uh, let's transition to some of the main topics here. Uh, I'll actually start us off for kind of a change of pace here. I finally put in the work, finally doing my part. Um, Let's talk about... Wow, thank you, studio audience, for that one. Thank you, studio audience. Extra patronizing Matt's putting in the work, all right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's uh let's talk about cockroaches and nuclear survivability oh wow there's got to be a sound drop for this one uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> there we go that's great all right so uh kind of a little bit of background um so obviously when hiroshima was dropped a little bit of uh bad news here and nagasaki uh cockroaches were some of the few things that kind of emerged from the rubble even throughout the destructive potentials of those nukes uh so thankfully mythbusters had done an actual test to see uh how what level of survivability cockroaches have against kind of the nuclear exposure um so they subjected german cockroaches to three levels of radiation excuse me radioactive metal cobalt 60. they started with a baseline exposure of 1000 radon units of cobalt 60 capable of killing a person in 10 minutes and and followed it up with 10,000 and 100,000 rat exposures on separate guinea pig or roach groups <clears throat> since radiation gradually destroys organisms on the cellular level the mythbusters monitors the radiate the radiated roaches for 30 days after a month half the roaches exposed to 1,000 rats were still kicking and a remarkable 10% of the uh, 10,000 rad group was alive. The results confirmed that cockroaches can survive a nuclear explosion, but only to a point as none of the critters in the 100,000 rad group made it through. So, I mean, Nick, uh, what's what's your stand on this? What, what, how do you feel about cockroaches in general? So, if they can survive a nuclear holocaust, but then when I get my size 12... And I crunch down on one of those suckers and I kill them. Does that mean I'm stronger than an atomic bomb? You know, I mean, you could make that case. I, I'm not one to really uh, apply the science behind it and, and test <laughs> that theory. But, you know, I, I, I'm not going to argue with it at this point in time. So, you heard it here first, people. Uh, human beings are stronger than atomic weaponry. Uh, simply due to the fact that we can uh, crush a cockroach. <laughs> <laughs> except except for the you know the co- 1000 radon units that could kill you in 10 minutes that would yeah. only killed about whatever percentage of those don't, don't toss your fancy scientific numbers at me okay <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's I, impressive I personally though. yeah it is and it's it's crazy um and to put it in perspective to the uh the hiroshima emitted radioactive gamma rays at a strength of around 10,000 rad so wow. 
those 10 you know 10 percent of those ra- uh, roaches lived at the 10,000 rad group so Man, that's that's it's disgusting that is rad <laughs> another reason <laughs> where's the studio audience uh, they're still sleeping Come on, on here man i don't know they just they don't think it was funny today i guess uh you know honestly another reason though to hate cockroaches i you know the first time i was out in las vegas and i lived in uh the dorms on base i literally counted how many i killed and i killed nine holy cow that that was over like it gets bad in the summer out. I remember you're, they're disgusting. I remember your Snapchats about those. Actually, they're just like one would be crawling up the wall. Oh yeah, and I, you like, it's <laughs> yeah. like a you like threw a flower pot at it or something. And it shattered all over the place. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> no, I, w- I wish I would have done that though. Yeah, but you just I, I don't know. I mean, I've, the thing is, like once you see a roach and it gets lost in your house, you're not sleeping. Oh no, like you better hope that happens like midday so you have some time to kind of mentally recuperate and maybe get your wits together but and i don't, I don't, I don't like they're it. also like they're kind of hard to kill i'm not i, I know well they can su- survive nuclear holocaust but i've tried to kill one before and it's like one of those where you get a paper towel and you try and squish down on it and you're like oh i got it and then you pick it up and it's just like crawling away and you're like what the hell oh yeah and, uh, <laughs> it's yeah. almost like they're strong enough to where like if they really wanted to they could take you by your finger and then just like slap you back and forth like the hulk <laughs> did and to loki and like the avengers <laughs> just exactly. puny human and just run up the wall <laughs> <laughs> and it's weird because like i, I mean I, I generally dislike bugs but I mean, I, I can tolerate other bugs, you know, if you get, like, a spider. Spiders aren't even that bad. I hate them. But cockroaches, there's something about them. I, it's You hate spiders? I hate spiders. Like, I can't do spiders. But I think it, the really? thing with cockroaches is, like, how they look and, like, what they're associated with. How usually they're, like, they're, you think of, like, a dirty place when you see of a cockroach. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think I don't mind spiders as much because... They generally, I mean, they're not really there to mess with you to an extent, I guess. I mean, they're not very aggressive for the most part. Cockroaches, is, I think they're quick, too. That's what creeps me out about cockroaches. You just see it scurry, and it's fast. Yeah. It's not like something you can handle. It's just like there. Yeah, that's true. You know, most, and they're actually, they're kind of, some could get pretty big, almost two inches in length. So that's a, that's a hefty size bug. Yeah. Yeah, and plus you got in other countries, especially like closer you get to the equator. Uh, I know because a friend of mine who's from Puerto Rico says they have like uh, they had flying cockroaches. So that's where I. Oh draw my the line. god, that's the sign of the apocalypse. I, I would burn down the island. Just not even my house, just the island altogether. God, a cockroach with. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. I'm just thinking of a cockroach with wings. <laughs> that's that's the scariest thing I've ever thought of. <laughs> there, All there, right. Well, I, no, we, I wanted to mention one other one because I remember I had just thought of this. It was on okay, um, right. Fear Factor. Like they always had them like oh like, yeah oh eat man. cockroaches or something. It was like the Madagascar like hissing cockroach. And like it, oh, it, it no. would make the creepiest no. sound. And it was coming out of like a and those ugh. things. Uh, and those things are like the size of your hand too. Yeah, fucking, they're big. Uh, yeah, th- those are not ones you want to play with. Like, and some people have those pets. I call those people weirdos who squeeze the toothpaste from the top, 
Put on the toilet paper backwards. <laughs> and like pineapple on pizza. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Pineapple on pizza. Yeah, it's weird. That's the cherry on top, or should I say the, the pineapple? The pineapple on pizza. <laughs> on the pizza. And usually when you see, like, I think it's for every one cockroach that you see, there's like a hundred more breeding in your walls. So if you see a cockroach, you might as well just <laughs> oh, get God. out because you're not going to be able to contain it at that point in time. <laughs> yeah, and those things reproduce fast. They really do, yeah. I think... Yeah, well, that's a, uh, you know, uh, yeah. I just wouldn't want any of that, any of those problems. No, not at all. But uh, I, I think we beat a dead, uh, beat a dead roach there. If, if for instead of a dead horse, studio audience. Well, thank you. There you go. <laughs> Waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> you know, Nick. Let's uh, let's transition on to another topic and one that's actually pretty relatable to most people, but uh. Tangled headphones and why that seems to be such a common occurrence. Uh, the, you know, I've always said that if you want to like tie a super strong knot to hang something with, or like you just, like propel out of somewhere to grapple with, just put a pair of headphones in your pocket for about two minutes, walk around for a second, and you'll have the strongest knot in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, and it, it'll take you like 20 minutes to untangle it, and you don't know how it did it like that either. No, not at all. I, I mean. It, to me, it, at the gym, it's it, it'll make or break my workout when I grab my headphones. And if they're in a big knot, <laughs> I don't care how much pre-workout I had or if I've been looking forward to that workout for the last 10 days. I'm going home. I'm not I'm not messing with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because working out without headphones is the absolute worst. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's actually, there, you know, I, I'm not sure if you, you you found any of this. Stop me if you did. They the, There's a guy that did a study on it, and he actually came up with an equation. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's. I'm actually looking at that right now. You go ahead, take that. Let's let's enlighten our Absolutely. listeners out there who may possibly be listening Definitely. to our podcast on a tangled set of headphones. So there was a paper written in 2006 entitled "Spontaneous Knotting of an Agitated String" by Dorian M. Raymer and Douglas E. Smith, and it showed that two key factors cause complex knots to form within seconds. Critical string length. Uh, these two, excuse me. These two factors are critical string length and agitation time. This gets technical, guys. Uh, essentially, the longer the length of the cable, and the more they're shaken, the more likely it is that a knot. Sorry, I keep up. No, a knot will spontaneously form. Qualities such as cable rigidity and diameter also play a part, but it's length and time spent tumbling that matter most. And unfortunately. These are the factors you're least likely to change. Uh, yep. <laughs> so, more on this study. <laughs> Raymer and Smith came to their conclusion by experimenting with cables of varying length and different agitation times, finding that cables shorter than 46 centimeters will rarely, rarely, if ever, get knotted, and with the probability increasing with cable size before plateauing just after two meters long. So, so with the, a the average earphones... Um, uh, the probability of a knot spontaneously forming in an enclosed space about the size of your bag is just under 50%. Yeah, and for, for our American listeners out there, 46 centimeters in length is about 1 foot 6 inches. So that's like your, your standard go. pair of wired headphones that you'll, or earbuds that you use. There we go. So the transition uh, out of the closet wasn't the only transition you're making here. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Congrats, Matt. You, you, you got me. I had nothing to retort back with. 
No, but I, I, you know, I didn't realize such in-depth research had been done on such a topic. Yeah, there's and there's multiple topics like that where there's something where like I bet nobody has ever thought about this. One quick Google search, and you'll find like 15 scientific articles and peer-reviewed papers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, it's it's such a common occurrence, but it's it's so prevalent that I don't know. So, do you ever just like have a knot, and then you just kind of accept that it's happened? Yes. Even if it's just kind of a small one, like later on down the line. Yeah, yeah. I just leave it usually. It's just a, it's too, it's just too big of a pain. Like just to try and untangle them, because I know at some other point in time it's just going to be tangled back up. So I might as well just leave it tangled up. True. Yeah. I mean, if I so I, guess, I mean maybe a. Go ahead. What's that? I was going to say maybe a viable solution to this would be like. It's hard because it's because you generally put like the the actual headphones into more of an enclosed space itself. Yeah. But if you just you know lay it on a seat or or something like that, maybe the likelihood of it happening is a little bit more slim rather than you know your pocket or backpack pouch or something. There's like as, that. there's actually some ways to keep them from tingling up. They sell stuff that you can use where it's like a it almost looks like a, a hairpin where you can wrap your headphones oh, really? around it in a bow knot type fashion type knot. And so it'll leave it yeah. already, I guess, tangled up so it can't get tangled up. And then when you want to use them, you just unwrap them. Or if you could do the same thing where if you kind of just fold them end to end and then wrap the remaining part of the wire around it, if that makes sense, uh, where you, yeah. you just keep it from that, that agitated state. If you could keep it in a solid state, then they won't tangle up. Or you could just buy wow. wireless headphones. <laughs> there we go. True, yeah, true. The, the future is now, and because that that the bow tie thing, it seems super uh, complex for such a easily resolved issue. But I, I'm sure there are people out there who probably utilize this technology. Yeah, I do. I have wireless headphones, and I I don't use them rarely enough. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I probably. <laughs> probably save a couple years of my life from the agitation of trying to untangle my wired headphones if I just use my Bluetooth yeah, headphones. Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. I mean, the next study that they need to do is how much time, you know, because they do all these different studies about, you know, you spend two weeks of your life tying shoes and however many weeks or years, months, waiting oh. in, in queues and yep. or lines. And uh, uh, yeah, that this just needs to be the next one, untangling headphones. I'm, I'm sure it's years. Uh, yeah, that's what I was about to say. Upward of five years <laughs> of your life is spent <laughs> untangling wires for your headphones. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, you know, I mean, tangling headphones, that's, that seems to be a prevalent issue. Um, but when it comes to losing headphones, or let's just say losing any object, uh, our next topic is kind of about, about the, uh, the disappearing object phenomena. Yep. Nick, uh, I hear you have some... Interesting info about this topic. I do have some interesting info uh, about the about DOP, D-O-P, the disappearing object phenomenon. There we go. Okay. Uh, DOP. Yeah, DOP. That's what I'm going to refer to it the rest of this <laughs> podcast as DOP, so prepare yourself. Um, this is a big... It brings new... Can I cut yeah, you go off? ahead. It brings new meaning to uh, adopted. <gasps> uh, this is really dark joke. Oh, wow. Because your parents... They dis- the, yeah, and your dop adopt. Ooh. Wow, that's conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I'm just saying that was 
Just making that connection. That was good. That was a good connection. I'm glad you, you interrupted me for that and it wasn't just some random mumbo jumbo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm sorry. What were you saying? <laughs> DOP. We're talking about DOP. Uh, um, <laughs> so DOP involves an object that the person had just been using or that they uh, were they take they took out of like a counter or sorry, not a counter, a cabinet. Uh, you could, it's like your keys, your phone, your wallet, a remote. And you put it down somewhere. And when you, you leave the room, you turn around, take a quick glance somewhere and you look back, it's gone. Uh, this happens to me with my keys and my wallet all the time where I think I've put them on the table by the door and when it comes time for me to leave, I can't find it and I have to spend about 8 to 10 minutes retracking my steps. Like, alright, well, we're, I thought I had it here. Let me go out to my car, see if it's in my car. And go upstairs, yeah, it's and not there. Know. And, and yeah. then, sure enough, I go back and it's on the table. So I don't know if that's ever happened to you where you you misplace it and you think that it's somewhere else and then you go back and you look and it's actually where you first looked for it. I have such a bad memory. I mean, this happens to me so often. Um, yeah, like I, I can't, I just can't, I don't know whether to chalk it up to my terrible memory or what, but I, I do this all the time with my phone Okay. and I'll put it down. It's It's been better since I live in a smaller living quarters and... Usually I'm good about putting stuff like back when I when I'm done with it, but um, yeah, with my phone all the time, I'll just be searching and yeah, it's exactly like that. Yeah. Like you're saying, like I'll check a spot twenty times and then it seems like on the the twenty first I'll go back and it's right. There. So there's actually uh, a few theories behind the disappearing object phenomenon, aka DOP. Uh, <laughs> um, the first one is just absent mindedness, where you're just not paying attention you you have your keys and you think that you put them where you usually put them say if you have a hook uh next to the door when you walk in or another ta- like a side table beside the door and when you walk into the house you're just distracted with something else people nowadays are just distracted with a whole bunch of uh secondary thoughts something's always on the mind so you go inside and you think you put your keys in the regular spot but in fact you put them down say on like the bar top and so the next time that you go okay. to look for them you're like wait i put my keys here that's just your brain instinctively saying that you have always put your keys on that table, but since you were distracted last night, when you walked into the house and you put them on the bar top, your brain wasn't able to, it didn't think of putting them on the bar. You just set them there and it just recalled back to the, where you oh, okay. usually put them. So that could be with you and your phone. If you're used to putting it in a certain spot and then you go back and it's not there, you could just been distracted looking at something. You put the phone down and then you don't remember where it went. Um, exactly. So essentially, you're just going on autopilot exactly. when you're kind of you're trying to multitask, but your brain is just kind of you know yep. prioritizing one thing over another. Exactly. Yeah. And then there's another one here. This probably isn't for you. Maybe more so for me because I have other people living in my house. Uh, it's called the borrower, where you put something down and then somebody else in your house goes, picks it up, moves it, and then when you're looking for it and you start to ask people, "Where's this at? You know, where? Why? Why can't I find my phone?" Uh, these people they may not admit to it, saying that they took it, and then they make you look like a fool by you go back around looking through, looking through your stuff trying to find your phone, and then they set it back to where they initially took it from. And you go back and you're like, wait, I already looked here. And then, you, then they make you feel <laughs> dumb about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel like it'd be even worse if they they just didn't admit to moving it. Yeah, yep. Because in your like in your head, you're like, am I going crazy? What's going on? <laughs> 
but I, I feel like that's that would be like especially when I used to live back at home oh uh, with like a big family or with my family like the remote I feel like that's just like the most common occurrence with the remote yeah yeah oh totally in my house there's always my dad's always who where's the moat i just had it and he's like i i have it over here it's like what I, he's like over watching tv he's like yeah. dad you were asleep okay you weren't watching tv <laughs> um and so and then there's a couple other ones here and this is where it gets a little weird um okay this one it might be in your apartment who knows but it's a poltergeist it could be oh, a spirit <laughs> that is connected to that object or a family member that has been deceased that is messing with you behind the uh, beyond the grave. Uh, this is actually <laughs> something that people have looked into, where uh, a certain object that may have significance to you that a family member knows will take it and move it, or yeah. hide it from you. Uh, it could be you like know jewelry, I've heard though. of that. I've definitely heard of yeah. that. Uh, actually, I have a. And that's kind of like Go ahead. you know. Sorry, let me cut you off. And that's kind of like really cruel when you think about it. You know, you've you've kind of died you've moved on to the afterlife whatever that may be whatever you believe in and you're just out here messing with people <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna move their locket or whatever and move their car keys like, i'm gonna get janet yeah. i'm gonna move her pearl necklace <laughs> you know i mean just yeah just because you've moved on doesn't mean you have to you know kind of mess with our lives Come yeah on. exactly should be better leave us at. alone <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I have a story about this one. Uh, Andrea, her family stuff always disappears, and it's always like a piece of jewelry, a necklace, a ring, okay. or something. And yeah, her her mom was telling me about this one where she had a bracelet, and she always wore it. And one day she took it off, and then after, when she took it off, she couldn't find it anymore. And she remembered taking it off inside. I think she was washing dishes, and it was like two, three weeks had went past. And she was out on her front porch, and as when she was walking down the steps of her front porch, at the very bottom of the stairs was that bracelet. And, oh, yeah, wow. that's weird. And she, she thinks yeah. that it's maybe like a spirit or something that did that, which it's crazy to think about. But, I mean, that's – I don't know how you think you're inside, you take the bracelet off, and then it ends up outside on sure. your front porch where you're walking multiple times and you don't see it for three weeks, and all of a sudden it's there. So – Oh yeah, absolutely not ruling out the possibility. I, I'm just, I'm not me personally. I'm not a very superstitious person, right. but I'm, I mean, like anything is possible, you know. <laughs> anything is plausible too. So I, I would not rule that stuff out. And you know, if I'm ever late for work, they're like, "Oh, what happened?" I'll just be like, "A good ghost took my key." <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, <laughs> I should have used that in high school when they asked, "Nick, where's your homework?" Oh, a ghost took it. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Yeah, because the dog ate it. That's just kind of that's way too overplayed. Yeah, know? but when you say the ghost took yeah, it, yeah, my my dead grandfather came back from the grave and took my homework with him. <laughs> and that's when you educated educate him on dop. Dop. Hey, let me. Hey, teaching lady. Let me tell you about some dop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's there's two more here. Uh, one of them okay. is uh, temporary invisibility. This kind of gets into uh, <laughs> not so much invisibility, but like temporary blindness, where okay, All it kind right. it goes back to that same thing where you're just distracted, your mind's not really clear, and it like where you could yeah. be looking at something, and you just don't see the object. I bet that's happened to you before, like where someone's like pointing something out, and you're like, look, it's right there, and you're like, I don't see it. It's the same thing when you're trying to look for something. You could be looking at a table. And you're like, all right, where are my keys? You don't, uh, you're in a hurry. You just don't see them. You're running around the house. You come back, boom, there are your keys. And you, it could just yeah, be exactly, because at that you're, point you're just time. focused on other things. Exactly, yeah. Or yeah. it's actually that the molecular um, 
uh, blah 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 <laughs> scientific terms of that object changed and made it invisible. <laughs> it was, yeah, they're, they're, it put on a Harry Potter uh, invisibility cloak mm-hmm. just to take you off. Yeah, <laughs> uh, expecto disappeario. I think that's a spell. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, there we go. And then the very last one here is by far the uh, the one that's most craziest to think for me, at least, is that there's a dimensional shift, that there's multiple <laughs> dimensions going around ours, and that these objects, when they disappear, you set it down and you turn around and then you turn back and it's gone. It's set because it's slipped into another dimension and is being used by somebody else in that dimension. And then when they realize that it's not their object, they put it down and then it gets sent back to our dimension. <laughs> You know, we're really that theory is really going into some like Donnie Darko, uh, maybe source code. <laughs> oh, source code. Okay, I'm just naming Jake Gyllenhaal movies with uh, dimensional time shifts, but Donnie Darko, man, that's yeah. the first one that comes to mind. But yeah, well, I mean, that getting into yeah. other dimensions, I wonder if there's a dimension up there where there's another Nick and Matt, and they actually have a podcast that's funny. That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one one would dream of a, a time warp like that one. Yeah, perfect. It had a whole bunch of listeners. Their their families didn't ridicule them. Um, and it's 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 fun. Yeah, like everyone follows them, but their families, which is kind of the opposite of what's happening exactly. now. You know? Yeah. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Love ya. laughs> and just just real quick at the end of this, uh, if you ever experience DOP, there's a couple things that you can do to kind of retrace your steps. There's five steps you can do. It's maintain consciousness, awareness, uh, conscious awareness, sorry, when going about your daily tasks. So always think about when you're putting stuff. It's like when you park at a, a large uh, parking lot and you're like, oh, I parked in section, section J. By you telling your brain that, you remember it so you don't lose your car. Uh, when you've lost something sure. and you can't find it, be calm and try and retrace your steps. Think about where yeah. you may have put it somewhere else. Uh, there's number three here, which I think is a good step for everyday uh, situations. Just have confidence in yourself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just have faith that you'll find that object. Uh, and then there's a few more here. It says recognize that you're not alone. I'm always astonished at the number of car keys I've seen in my gym lost and found in, uh, in the key bin. So everybody loses stuff. You're not the only person that loses it. Uh, and then rely on that sympathy and honesty of others. So hopefully if your friend or your family member takes something, they'll actually tell you that they took it and they don't just set it back after you're going through the house, tearing things apart. There we go. <laughs> or or uh, or the, the one step that you didn't mention that I just made up now, uh, the one that your mom always says, well, well, do you know where you, you left it? Uh, no, Mom. If I know where I left it, I probably would know where it's at. Or, or the question, if I was a cell phone, where would I be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, which is just, you know, an existential crisis itself because that you know that that cell phone is now gaining self-awareness it is yeah which is well, that's a whole nother topic whole, for a whole, nother whole time. other podcast there's actually <laughs> this happened to me this morning when i was cooking breakfast uh i pulled some sausage out of the the freezer and i was gonna thaw them and i set them down on the counter when i uh, turned around to fill up my water i turned back they were gone uh this is the missing link to my breakfast <laughs> <laughs> oh, studio audience where are you God. <laughs> just uh, absent, absent today. Yeah, they're, just, they're not on the game. You know. Oh, okay. oh, thanks. Uh, now, now you guys laugh. Okay. Well, they just came in after a snack break. Yeah, yeah. it must be that. Uh, after that wonderful uh, 
breakfast food transition. <laughs> uh, Nick, let's let's get right into the fast food news. What, what do you have for us this week? So fast food news, let me get you a drum roll here because it's going to be uh, a mind-blowing experience. Uh, Krispy Kreme, um, for people that may not be familiar with it, I think up north there aren't Krispy Kremes. It, it's a donut shop uh, superior to Dunkin' Donuts. Uh, if you disagree with me, too bad. You probably like pineapple on your pizza. Anyway, <laughs> Krispy Kreme is coming out with a Reese's peanut butter donut. Uh, so I'll just let you uh, let that sink in for a second, okay? Okay. You know, I mean, I, I feel like there's definitely weirder flavors of of donuts that you could have. That's true. It could be decent. It is. I mean, because honestly, like maple bacon, I thought was going to be incredibly weird, but that's just a beautiful combination. It is. And is that what's the weirdest donut that you've ever tried? The weirdest donut that I've ever tried. Ooh. Um. Or if not the weirdest, the best donut. <sighs> That you've ever oh, had. best donut that I've ever had is a it was a peanut butter and jelly donut, where oh yeah, really the inside of it was I don't know how they did it but it was just a regular stuffed donut with a glaze on the outside but then the inside was half peanut butter and then half jelly, um it was oh, oh god <laughs> it's just it's making me feel a certain <laughs> type of way thinking about it <laughs> it was so well, let's uh, let's settle down for the uh, the under 18 <laughs> yeah the midnight show um but it, that was the, that was the best donut i've ever had i simply i just i'm a big fan of peanut butter and jelly but i'm interested to try this reese's peanut butter one because it has a, a chocolate and peanut butter drizzle on top with peanuts and then the inside is full of uh like peanut butter cream so yeah that sounds that sounds phenomenal yeah it looks you know um I'm guessing you've at this point in time you've heard of the Krispy Kreme 5K. I have, yeah. Okay, so for those of you who aren't as familiar, uh, do you know where it's held in North Carolina? I do not actually. Here, you give them some background information. I'll figure it out. Well, anyway, it's a so you got a. I think it's it's either a 5K or a 10K. I think it's a 5K, but uh, essentially it's a it's a race in North Carolina where you run to uh, a Krispy Kreme. And it's literally like the halfway mark of your race. Once you get to that Krispy Kreme, you have to down a dozen donuts. And it doesn't matter how, you just have to eat a dozen donuts, like just in one sitting. And then <laughs> you finish, you essentially finish that and you run to the finish line. I think the end goal is to not throw up. And I don't know if there there's an additional for uh, reward for you not throwing up or what if it's just finishing but i mean eating a dozen donuts on it on its own is an impressive feat i, I pulled up the website here and it's uh it was, okay. it was february 7th of this year is actually in raleigh north carolina and like you said it's, it's uh raleigh okay. it's, a, it's a five mile run and has to be done underneath an hour uh eat the 12 donuts that's 2400 calories uh there's no there's no rules in there though about throwing up so okay yeah I guess you could do it and then get 2004. That, that's, that's a daily diet. I mean, for some people, I mean, careful what you say, man. For some I people. eat a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, comparatively speaking, there, there is such a thing. It's 2000 calorie diet. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. You're eating that in a, in a dozen donuts. That's crazy. Yeah. And then running. Yeah. But you know, I can eat. I, every time I eat Krispy Kreme donuts, they always give me a, a like a, boost of energy and i think it's because of all the sugar i'm i'm kind of you you should come back and we should do this and record it for our, for our, our blog that would be pretty sweet no that would be awesome you, 
I mean, running is already terrible on its yeah. own. And then you just throw in, like, eating do- a dozen donuts and feeling terrible about yourself and then running more. So I might do, like, a hybrid challenge and do, like, a dozen donuts with, like, a hundred squats or something. I think that'd be a little bit more my <laughs> forte. <laughs> you know, if we aren't there for the race, we'll just do our own version of the run. I mean, it's, yeah. it, it wouldn't be as cool as official, but... <laughs> Middle of the day, just <laughs> running in the street, cars all around us. <laughs> just, oh, this was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah, Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There we go. Oh, man. So, well, what, what else you got for us in, in regards to fast food news? Uh, one other story here, and this is actually a super old story. It's from three years ago, and I can't believe we slept on this for so long, especially being the huge fanatics of this restaurant as we are. Uh, Waffle House right. has food trucks. I don't know if you knew that, but that is one of those just... <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And it's something, and I think, and I, don't, I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but I just learned this today. And did, did you do the same or had you heard about it a little bit earlier I, in the week? I also saw this today. It was on Instagram. There's a post about it. And it's and it's crazy how, you know, Nick and I are very adamant about Waffle House. But it it's crazy how on the same day we noticed this and just automatically prioritize that. As, this needs to be news. But yeah, I think Waffle House is a food truck in, in, in Atlanta. Yeah, and I, I think this would be a good time uh, to announce our engagement. Uh, our wedding will be in a year. You all are invited. Uh, they'll be catered by Waffle House and their food truck. <laughs> I will be proposing with a Krispy Kreme donut, um, not one that we have already uh, consumed and then thrown up. So Just an original glazed. Fresh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, but they actually they, they created that food truck to, for disaster relief. Like, their whole idea was to have a vehicle that they could go and then, like, serve people waffles, which is a noble cause. And honestly, if, like, my house just burned down in, like, a forest fire and a Waffle House food truck rolled up, I'd I'd feel a little bit better. I don't know about yourself. Yeah, you know, I, th- I think it's just a huge morale boost. But, you know, if they open, like, the those the side doors and it doesn't smell like cigarette smoke and, you know, the basic stereotypes, like... I don't. I don't know if I can believe. I it wonder if as being authentic. I wonder if like the windows are like perpetually fogged up as they're driving around with condensation. <laughs> <laughs> this is the authentic yeah, Waffle no House feel. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 definitely a morale boost. And yeah, that, it's cheap food. So hey, get them smothered and covered. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so that's fast food news. Uh, jo- join us for the a- after show for. A little- more adult content uh, you know that that concludes our fast food news but uh let's uh let's get right into the origins of nick uh this all kind of aligns like really perfectly uh it, today being national beer day uh i wanted to do a quick kind of overview of the origins of ipa beer oh awesome yeah so uh and it's it's pretty brief but uh IPA, uh, India Pale Ale. Essentially, it was the answer to the problem of providing beer for the British Empire in the East. It was too hot to brew in India, so what was needed was a beer that could survive the grueling six-month journey from Britain intact. In the 1780s, a London brewer called Hodgson answered the call by sending out a strong, heavily hot beer called October Ale that would normally be aged like wine before drinking. The beer not only survived the journey, but was found to have improved immeasurably. This was the prototype IPA 
The beer, the beer gradually became paler and more refreshing to suit the Indian climate. So, you know, kind of the more you know, a little bit more extensive hif- history to something you could probably drink on a regular occurrence. Yeah, you know, that actually, IPAs are notoriously hoppy. So, um, I just like to my my favorite quote from uh, I think it was John Locke was uh, "Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness." That's great. <laughs> Incredibly applicable. Very applicable. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I, I never like really understood the reason of why they were so hoppy. Because I mean, obviously, some are a little bit more bitter than others, but yeah. it's kind of they keep them fresh during that whole transportation process. But mm-hmm. so yeah, that was actually re- oh, wow. that's I, good origins of Matt. Very good. Thank you. I mean, it aligned perfectly without us even coordinating at all to any extent. So. Some would say we're actually getting pretty good at this podcast stuff. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't, but I mean, a lot, some would say that. What, what, what does the studio audience think? Do you think you guys are doing it? Uh, we're doing a good job. Oh, that's so nice of you. Thank you so much, <laughs> studio audience. You've been you've been great. You, I love how you have to prompt the studio audience for for like the response, and well, they just don't do it. You they, know, they need a little bit slow. They need a little time to. It's, it's the the delay. Yeah. We're on that that it's like a six second radio delay in case one of us swears and they have to beep it out. So. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There we go. Well, you know what, Nick? This uh, this concludes our po- uh, podcast, if I could say that. Um, do you have any motivational quotes for us? Uh, yes. Uh, I just want everybody to know that consistency is key. Unless you suck at your job, then it really doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, studio audience? <laughs> <laughs> They, you know, they're ecstatic. Uh, they, they must be the ones who suck at their job. They do. They're bad. Yeah, uh, studio audience, you suck. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Punkcast Niche. And as always, it's been Nick, Nick Pill and Matt Simino. Have a good one.